on a Monday night, what are you going to be doing? I'll tell you what, if 2020 couldn't get any more surreal, I've just had Nigel Clark, the lead singer of Dodgy, sat here singing along to Good Enough. He's here in the studio. If Boris let me, I could touch him. Let's have some Shed 7.
better by Shed 7. And I tell you what, it doesn't get any better than having Nigel Clark, the lead singer of Dodgy, in the studio with us. Welcome, Nigel. Thank you. Welcome. Now, you're here to promote your new solo album, Make Believe Love. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to ask you a bit about Dodgy as well, because obviously this is a Britpop show. We're going to ask you yeah. some Dodgy stuff as well. Quick fire round, yeah? Yeah, quick fire <laughs> round. Straight well, in. Yeah, exactly. And the first question for you is, how did the Dodgy name come about? Um, good question. So, good, I try. Good question. Uh, it's, it's pretty well documented that in 1989, we moved to London in 1988. It's a long story, this one. Uh, we can cut it down. 1988, and we were called Purple when we first moved. This was Matthew and I. Yeah. Then um, we got a bass player, and we changed our name to Colour Sonic. The bass player was French. Right. Colour Sonic, possibly because we'd seen Ocean Colour Scene and or it's in their name about somewhere, and it sort of gone into our psyche. But it didn't stick. We, did, we looked at each other and went, you're not colour sonic. <laughs> and then one night we went out and got extremely drunk in and uh, other, you know, other things uh, uh, in London, and we were getting the tube back to Hounslow, to Holiday Home Hounslow, we used to call it, because we were all from the Midlands. Yeah. And um, we were getting back, and I was like, Oh, I feel a bit dodgy. My head feels a bit dodgy. And then Chris, who was with us, who's Matthew's brother, said, yeah, my stomach feels dodgy. We had just taken some mushrooms. Yeah, fair enough. Time on a pizza. Yeah. And I'm not really, you know, used to mushrooms. So anyway, uh, we all felt a bit dodgy. And then I just went, why do we call the band dodgy? Because we all used to say it. Yeah. It was one of those words. At it's the start such of, a 90s word, isn't it? It was at the ninth, start of the 90s. It was our word. And it was like... It was like, you said dodgy for everything. So we, yeah, so the next morning we woke up and went, did we really call our band dodgy? And we were being, we were being chased or, you know, yeah, sort of chased by food records who signed Blur or Seymour at the time. Mm. Signed them. And they were really interested. And Andy Ross phoned me up and said, you know, we're really interested in the band. And I went, Andy, before we go any further, we've changed our name. And he went, you're not Colour Sonic anymore. I went, no, we're called Dodgy. And he went... Oh, I don't think we can work with you then. <laughs> so it, went, it really went against us. It was like the most ridiculous name. Maybe we should have cut stuff. If we'd have stuck with Colour Sonic, no one would have made an, you know, took yeah. any notice. You yeah. know? And I think that's the thing in music. It's very hard to get yourself noticed. And fortunately for us, Dodgy did in some way, some way good, some way bad. Well, you've know? given us all an excuse because the internet came along and now when we, in my internet search where it says dodgy pictures, mm -hmm. I've got an excuse. I was looking for yeah, pictures exactly. of you guys. Exactly. exactly. So, so on behalf of the male population, <laughs> we, we, we do need to thank you. So tell us about this house in Hounslow. You were there with the, with, the, with the Blue Tones, is that right? So first of all, we moved in. Well, we first moved to London and we lived in Battersea and South Kensington in little flats and we couldn't rehearse and we'd get all our drums on the bus and go to Brixton or Clapham and rehearse. And we decided that living in central London, although it was really great at the, in the start of the 90s, uh, it was expensive and two, there was nowhere to rehearse. So we, decided, we found this place, it was like a five-bedroomed uh, semi-detached house in like a 1920s house in Hounslow just underneath the flight path to, turn, uh, to one of the you know, runways in Heathrow. Yeah. And uh, we lived there. I built a studio in the garage, a sort of rehearsal room in a single car garage. So you can imagine I put pallets on the wall, yeah. both sides, on the ceiling. So I basically boxed off a single garage. And then I got a drum kit in there and the three of us used to spend all our days in there rehearsing. In the summer, we used to spend six hours a day rehearsing. Yeah. And that's how we got really good. And yeah. so when we did do a gig, 
you'd only have to play for half an hour in the early 90s. You'd yeah. only go and play half an hour. And you'd be really tight. And at one of those gigs, we met Mark Morris. Okay. Who's a sing who was a singer of a band called The Bottle Garden. And he came to our gig at the White Horse in Hampstead. And then we went, oh, I was like, I recognise you. And he lived over the road from us. Okay. Yeah, uh, in Brabazon Road. He lived over the road from us in Hounslow, him and Scott. And then we'd already sort of seen them walk over the road because they looked like they were wearing parkies and, and we were quite like hippies, you know. So, yeah. you know, I had really long hair and we were like shouting at them and stuff, having a bit of laugh, you know, a bit of banter. But then we ended up like sort of meeting them and they came round to our house for a smoke on a Sunday afternoon, you know, and listened to some music and we really got on. And uh, yeah, so when some people moved out, because we had five bedrooms, you had like five different people living there. Uh, me and Matthew, the main from the band, then Andy moved in, then Scott and Adam moved in. No, Mark and Adam, sorry. Scott still stayed at home because he was still at school, I think, or just started work or something. He used to work at Iceland, if I remember, Scott. <laughs> um, yeah, and so then, so then they moved in, and then they could use the rehearsal room. So the bottle garden slowly became the Blue Tones. Nice. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I've got... The Blue Tones have got a box set coming out in next year. It's, like, of all their material. Yeah. And recently I found a demo that I recorded in 1991 or two, which was their demo that yeah. they got... I think they got signed from, or I recorded three of the songs that eventually ended up on the first album. So Cut Some Rug. So I'm actually mixing that and remastering it from an actual cassette... You should hold on to tape. ransom on it. Look, this is fascinating. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you more about this. I wasn't planning to, but it's so good. But before we do that, what's your favourite dodgy song? Um, I have many favourite. All of, of course, they are. I mean, I write all the songs, so all of the songs are my favourites. So it's sort of trying to say a, a separate one. But my dad's favourite, God bless him. My dad's favourite was always God Big Brown Moon. So uh, that and and we recorded this one in, in a little studio. We did it ourselves. We produced it ourselves, and I was really proud of it. You know, playing keyboards yeah. and putting the drums on after when we did like, you know, we went a bit Brian Wilson yeah. on it, but only in one evening, yeah. like six hours it goes or something. So. Well, that's handy because that's what I've got lined up next. Brilliant. Playing nothing but the best music. Say I'm sick in the mind that we flexion faded years ago and please don't mention insanity It must be in the air it feels decidedly influenced tonight All my clothes are folded in the correct choice I have to worry don't worry about that Yes, yes, just leave me to home and dream, home and dream all night through. Big brown moon, no something that I don't. And I wish it would tell me, but I know it No something that I 
Big Brown Moon by Dodgy. I nearly said the wrong song there. Sorry, and I, what's mo- even more embarrassing, you have Nigel Clark, who wrote that, sat opposite me. Uh, Nigel, if, just in case you, uh, you missed, Nigel has joined us. He's live in the studio, and he was just telling us some songs about a house in Hounslow that he lived in with the Beatles. Now, <laughs> the Beatles. sorry, with the Blue Tones, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Is it true that you made Virgin and BMG play table football? Uh, it wasn't table football, it was Italian 90. We, uh, we couldn't decide where we're both offering us money for a publishing deal. And uh, uh, we couldn't decide because they were both nice guys. We thought they were anyway. And we decided that we couldn't decide, so they'd have to come down to our local pub in Hounslow, the Traveller's Friend, just yeah. off the uh, Great West Road, at 7 o'clock and play each other on Italia 90, which was a football game. Obviously came out for it was you can tell the year it's at 1990 it was the World Cup Italia yeah and it was like some sort of football game that me and Matthew used to play all the time and so they started playing it and they were rubbish so me and Matthew Matthew played for Virgin and I played for BMG I think that was the way round it was and one of us and anyway Virgin won but then the guy got in the went great I've won I got in the car and just drove off and the guy that lost stayed around and was like look. And this is the businessman he was. Yeah. I want half. And so we realised that it was like Solomon's wisdom, you know. So we just <laughs> went with that and went with him, which was, you know, which was fine. We had a good sort of... Um, and we're back published by BMG again now. So, you know, and they're a very big label nowadays. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was... But it was fun. And the industry took to that, I think, because it was like, you know, not all sat around uh, a business, you know, a, a sort of... Uh, boardroom and stuff yeah. like that talking about the contracts we did it in a pub it's amazing the, the fact that you had the power to bring them both down and the, just the draw well the thing is I wasn't a kid I'd already had I, when I got in, moved to London and started doing music I, I, you know a lot of people are like 17, 18 I was a little bit of a late developer in the sense that like you know my dreams developed late and the confidence to fulfil my dreams happened a bit later but at least they did and when I was 21 I moved to London but I'd already had a house I'd already owned a mortgage had a mortgage and had a house and had a really good job yeah I'd had a boss a manager and I'd done all that and I'd seen you know I was I was doing really well at work but I wanted to do music and I just thought that if I didn't do anything there and then it would be too late 
Um, and so, yeah, so, so when I moved to London, I just had a bit more confidence about business and seeing business and what it is. It's got nothing to do with what I do. Art is totally different to business, and I've always maintained them. They, they, they evolve, they come out separately. So I always put art first. I'm not really a breadhead when it comes to money and things like that. I put my art first, but also, obviously, I don't want to be ripped off, you know. And, and but it's also got nothing to do with Italia 90, but there's a, there's a lesson there, isn't there? It's, uh... Yeah, it, but it's also what you understand. And yeah. You can say to somebody, look, I can't decide. I can't, you're offering the same amount of money. I don't know you. Yeah. What are you going to do for my band? Yeah. And they were both saying the same things. And yeah. so I went, right, OK, well, you have to come down. It's going to be like the toss of a coin, yeah. you know, or a game. Oh, it's brilliant. It's, it's it such a good us. story. It such works for us story. because it, the next week it was on the front cover of Music Week, which yeah. is a, a business magazine, because it was cheeky. Don't I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Everyone's got to have a good signing story, and yours mm. is right up there. Mm-hmm. That, and did you go home and wave it in front of the Blue Tones, tell them, look, we've got signed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. I think we did. I mean, only in a nice way. But I think what it did do was obviously... It, well, I know it did. I mean, I, I think I remember having the chat with, with the guys... When we signed our deal, it made it closer to them yeah. that they thought that they would be able to achieve that because yeah. we lived in the same house. So yeah. why not? And I think that's how it worked. And they signed to the same label. Well, let's play some blue tones now, shall we? Yeah, and, let's and do we'll it. Carry on with that.
by the Blue Tones. Now, we've got this thing in the studio where what we say is try not to talk between songs because all of the good stuff comes out when, when you're not live on air. And I might just leave the microphones up during songs because Nigel's been telling me these amazing stories. Nigel, you had something, had something to tell me about that song, Cut Some Rug, there. Oh, God, I've got so many things. Yeah, well, well they, used to, they used to play it in the garage. So, uh, and the other thing is I've got... Well, they used to play it in the garage in Hounslow, um, so I remember all the words... But um, did I say they've, they've got an album coming out? You said that they've got some, some box set coming yeah, out. Yeah, they've got a box set coming out. And I have the original version of that on a four track. So I have about three songs from the first album, but that was the first song. And so I've got, a, a, people don't understand what a four track is. It's like, do you remember those old cassettes? Yeah. That you used to have in your car? <laughs> and then you have to get one with a wire so you could plug your phone in. Well, they used to have like, you know, song, I used to record on those and you could just like, rather than having side A and B, you could use left, right, left, right. So you could use all four tracks. Yeah. So I recorded the first Blue Tones demos on that, which I am now, I've been asked to, um, to mix and master for inclusion on said box set by the Blue Tones. So it's really exciting. It's really exciting to listen to an old four track cassette, tape compression and all, and realize that the drums and bass are on the same track. Yeah. And then you realise also that Scott, even though he was like 17 and he's such a great bass player, so tight, he was brilliant. So it's going to be really exciting to put that out, you know. But the great thing is we did it so I, I can now listen to the finished version that everyone knows, mm. but go back to my original version or the original version that we, they, they recorded for me. And, and then sort of like, do you know what I mean? So yeah. like, it's almost like time travel. I can go to the one they got was a hit yeah. and then go back and adapt some of those things maybe on the guitar. And That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, so it's nice. It's a nice thing to do, actually. So I've got that to do over Christmas. So it's really exciting. Well, so I'm looking forward to that coming out. I'm sure most of our listeners will be as well. And of course, we're here to promote your, your new solo album. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we're also going to talk about what have you been doing in 2020? What have I been doing in 2020? Oh, God, loads of stuff. 
Well, I started, I mean, I took a, a while, in January, I realised that we'd done about 80 gigs in 2019, and then I thought I'd take a few months off. So I took a few months off, and I was writing a new album, and then, obviously, COVID happened, and that sort of stopped everything. I, I've got a studio in my basement at home. And then I just thought, when COVID happened, I just thought, look, look rather than do a new album at this moment, you've got an album that you did 20 years ago called Make Believe Love. I did, recorded it in a studio in Birmingham. It was, it was a playtime. It was like, you know, I'd left Dodgy. I was in a bit, it was like a breakup album, really. Yeah. I was like, I was in Dodgy and then I wasn't. And then I had a career and then I didn't. I had two kids and a wife, which was brilliant, you mm. know, and they were young. But um, yeah, it was a really difficult time because I just didn't have, I just sort of isolated myself and just burnt every bridge imaginable, apart from family bridges. Mm. You know, I burnt all the bridges with the industry. I found that the industry was, was manipulative and wasn't for me as an artist. I found that, like, you know, I couldn't, I had to escape from it. I had to escape from everybody, which sounds quite paranoid. And I was, maybe I was a little bit, but I, I just felt really under pressure from writing hits and everyone wanting hits. And I'd done, written two big hits, but they want you to write hits, you yeah. know, and it's really hard to keep doing that and to remain in, with your integrity. Uh, so, so 2020 was putting that album out. I've really sold it well, though, haven't I? It sounds like a breakup <laughs> album. But, I mean, it is a breakup album. It's a breakup album of a relationship with your band members. It's a breakup album with the industry. It's a breakup album with your fans. I, I turned my back on the fans in a way because I left the band. And, yeah. You know, that band was built on dreams, and it felt like, you know, I'd broken everybody's dreams, including my own. I think I came out worse. So, Make Believe Love, at the time, I recorded it. It was lots of fun recording it, uh, but it cost me a fortune. And by the end of it, I just couldn't afford to do anything with it. I had to move to Ireland. Uh, so, you know, these are true stories. Yeah. I mean, I'm not running yeah. bigs or anything, yeah, but, you yeah. know, I had to go to Ireland for six months to get my head together. And then, and then it just, and then Make Believe Love just sat on the, on the, on the sort of, uh, on the, you know, the side for, 18, 19 years, and then well, should we play something from it now? Yeah, and then do you, it. Which, what song would you choose? I think, I mean, the first, the most accessible song would be Don't Be Denied, which is about the music industry. If you listen to the lyrics, it's about my situation. It's probably the closest thing to how I felt at the time. All right, well, let's play that one and uh, hear a bit more from it from you about it afterwards. Okay.
solo album Make Believe Love Nigel if I wanted a copy of that where would I find it? Um, the only way you can get it actually physically for a CD or vinyl is from uh, Townsend Music Okay. and Townsend are an online distributor and they've been really brilliant with me actually I've learned lots about them and they've done so you can go and get the packages there you can get CDs I can you can order r- lyrics and stuff like that, so I'll do some writing. I've been doing some today. There's T-shirts and stuff like that. You know, all the merchandise stuff, but obviously that's that's an important thing to bands these days because it's the only way they're making any money. So, I mean, you know, if you do want to own it, then great. Otherwise, obviously, put it on a playlist on Spotify because, you know, it's it's great having it on Spotify, but if you don't put it on a playlist and people are other people don't get to yeah. know about it. And obviously it takes about 500,000 playlists or songs plays to get a cup of coffee or something yeah. ridiculous so you know obviously we all want people to buy physical music but we can understand that you know we all go on we're all on streaming sites now but it's a big debate now isn't it about streaming that's right and we've just gone straight into the seahorses I know this song so uh, we'll, we'll talk to you after that about, about some seahorses i 
The Law by the Seahorses. Now, just before that, we played Don't Be Denied off Nigel's brand new album, Make Believe Love. But if you liked Dodgy back in the day, this is basically a dodgy album from 20 years ago. So, go, Nigel, remind us where we can go and get that from. You can get it from townsendmusic.com or .co.uk. Just Townsend go online, Music. yeah? Yeah, just go online and the whole thing's there. Or just put Nigel Clark, Make Believe Love. And the first thing that comes up is Townsend Music. And it's, so it's on CD, vinyl? CD, pink vinyl, limited edition vinyl. Uh, and we've also got some white label copies for those, for the audio files who like to keep those sort of things. I've got some lyrics and T-shirts and stuff yeah. like that. Badges? Hey, yeah. No, I haven't got any badges. <laughs> In fact, if anybody has a question, we've got 25 minutes left of the show. If anyone has a question, you know how to get hold of us. So uh, send one in for Nigel. Nigel, I'm going hit to you, hit you with some questions now that you don't know. So favourite support act? My favourite support act? Yes. Oh, we've got quite a lot of support acts. I mean, we've had... God, let me have a list. Catatonia was support act. Space, Cast, Oasis, Muse. Don't think we had Coldplay, but they all know they were fans. Yeah. Favourite one out of that lot? Uh, I'd say Space. They're crazy, aren't they? They're crazy and they're <laughs> lovely guys. Yeah. Best gig you ever did? 
Oh, well, that's probably recent, actually. I think we did a brilliant gig recently. Oh, when was that? Was that last year somewhere? Oh, we played so many, obviously. I'm trying to think the best one we ever did. Well, I'm going to go with it. Glastonbury 1994 or 5. I can't remember when we were on the John Peel stage. Just breaking out, really. Staying out for the summer yeah. was the first song, and it was like Channel 4 were opening their Glastonbury TV thing with Staying Out for the Summer. Awesome, awesome. And then what's the, <laughs> this one you probably won't answer, what's the most rock and roll thing you've ever done? What's mm -hmm. the most rock and roll thing I've ever done? Oh, God. I probably shouldn't answer that. I probably can't answer that one. Uh, oh, God. The most rock and roll thing I've ever done. You're allowed to pass. Oh, God. I can't, you know, I can't really think. And I don't think I'm that rock and roll, actually. Not I think smashed I any used hotel to be rooms. when I was a kid. No, I did smash one, but then I rebuilt it <laughs> in the night. I mean, you couldn't touch anything in the morning, but you wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> if you put your hand on the banister, it would have collapsed. But I'd just been meticulous and spent about two hours putting it back together yeah. again. All right, and who's the most famous person on your phone? Who's the most famous person on my phone? Oh, God. Do you need to scroll through it and we'll play some... We'll no, no, I'd say... I, I've got quite a few, but I'd probably say Ian Brody. Ah, Lightning Seeds. Mm -hmm. He produced your first album, he didn't he? He did. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, nice. I like it. Very good. Uh, I, spoke, I asked uh, Sonia and she had Madonna. That's a pretty good one. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool one, yeah. yeah. Madonna. Hi, Madge. <laughs> I know, right. Well, they wanted, they wanted to sign it. Anyway, um, so tell us a little bit about this super group that you're forming with the Blue Tones, Dodgy, and the Seahorses. Yeah, there you go. That's a, so basically, me, myself, Mark, and Chris, we started doing a lot of gigs together. About three years ago, we just end up and we'd, we'd go, hey, how you doing? And we'd do three, you know, the three nights, uh, the three of us playing individually and then at the end you know sort of having a drink with the guys we were like we should do something together we should learn some songs of our own or cover versions we definitely do something because we're all singers we can all sing we can all write songs so why don't we do something and obviously you know we got round last year we sort of like this became a bit more of a more of an idea and i think we went away songwriting was that both this year we've done two or three songwriting weekends now where we go away for three or four days, just get our ideas out, start singing, record them a little bit. And we've got quite a few songs now. Um, we just sort of, hopefully in the, the new year, we'll be going in the studio. So there should be something hopefully out next year and do some gigs where the three of us do, you know. We did one this year. We did a couple of songs this year in uh, uh, Common People in Norwich. Mm. They put a festival on. So we did a couple of new songs on that. So yeah, it's coming along. How's that work with three singers? really well i think because we there's there's you understand each other i think mm. i think there's a you know singers can be awkward and they can be difficult and they can be prima donnas and they can you know but there's a lot of pressure on singers and the front person mm. and especially you know when you're singing on your own with an acoustic guitar and there's no band to hide behind you put yourself on the line a little bit and because we all put ourselves on the line a little bit, we all understand each other a little bit more. So there's an openness and there's a sort of like we're swimming in the same pool or we're eating from the same food, you know. It's kind of, it's, it makes sense and it sounds lovely. So who's the lead singer? Who's the lead singer? Yeah. Me. <laughs> it's, it's me, yeah. Clark. Now, we had Chris on the show last week. If I'd asked him then, would he said it was him? Yeah, probably. And, and I've emailed Mark. So yeah, he'll no, join. they'll all say it. They'll but that's say the thing, is that's the beauty, because we all come at this as individuals, so we're all lead singers, so... Yeah. 
Yeah. So we all, the idea is that we all write songs and we all, you sing yours or, or whatever, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't, we haven't come up with any rules yet. And yeah. I, I imagine when we do, that'll be it over. <laughs> and what's the name of this supergroup? Uh, that, that's a good one. Morris Clark Helm. We're not ah, accountants. Like a law firm. Like a, not an accountancy firm. Or like, well, yeah, I mean, you know. And Morris got first, did he? He did because he, he had something that like, I think it was, because he's the only, he, he said, I should go first because I'm the only, I've got two, two, not two uh, syllables, is it? Morris. Right. Clark, no. Helm, no. So, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Hell no and Morris. Fair hell Nigel and Morris. Uh, at least he had a reason other than just, uh, you know, yeah, he had I had a reason. And, and I, at least he had a reason. I haven't got a reason for anything. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're going to play a bit of Blur and then we'll carry on talking to you about what you've got up, up, you're going to get up to next year. The best radio station in the world. In the world. Is right here. Right now.
No Other Way by Blur. I've just been talking to Nigel here about just, uh, he's got so many great stories. Um, Nigel, but can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to next year? Have you got any gigs or anything? Uh, yeah, thank you for that. Um, well, we've rescheduled my Make Believe Love Tour, which is a solo tour, just me and my acoustic and my stories. I've got plenty of stories. Um, and it starts in January, a music venue week. Uh, the end of January, and it goes through February. I mean, this is a Fingers Cross tour. I think that's what I'm going to call it. That's a great name. The Fingers Cross tour. I mean, they've, I've got another name. Hopefully, we'll try it again and stuff. But hopefully, I'll be in Bristol, now Bristol, uh, Exeter, London. Well, you know, all the places. You can just find out on Facebook and places like that if you want to come and see us. They are going to be socially distanced gigs at this point in time. So... You know, but we've got to we've got to keep working, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, that's right. Are you so you playing Birmingham? Do you know? Yeah, playing Birmingham. Okay, playing Birmingham, playing down in Mosley. I can't remember what the venue's called. It's a new venue to me, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Okay. So if people want to find out about these gigs, uh, they just go on your Facebook. page? Yeah, yeah. It's all on there. There's a whole post okay. or Twitter or uh, what's the other one called? <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> and that's, that's Nigel Clark, C L A R K. So if you're interested, make sure you go and um, you go and check that out. Uh, had a message in from Ali. The Britpop show is great tonight. Enjoying Nigel's stories and absolutely love the track play from his new album. Thank you. Great to see him back with more music. So um, people are loving it out there. Oh, and we've got sweet. five different countries listening at the moment. Can you believe Amazing. that? Yeah, unbelievable. People in Mexico, uh, France, all over the place. So are you doing any dodgy gigs next year as well? We've got a few set up. Um, I think we're doing. We've got one in. We're doing Carfest in Banbury or Bista. Yeah. With that's a good line. Very close to here. That's a, sorry. That's very close to here. Yeah, not far from here. We've yeah. got that's a really good lineup. Some really good bands playing that one, and we've got a few other festivals. But you know, to be fair, because it's been no gigs all year, I haven't really looked. Yeah. I haven't really looked, but I know we've got Dodgy. We've got a few gigs, which I'm really excited about. I haven't seen the guys. I mean. When January, we haven't done a gig together since January, yeah. since last music week. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's nearly 11 months now. We haven't even seen each other. Well, that was, I mean, and I think next year is going to be massive for gigs because people are just going to want to be out there, aren't they? Yeah, even I, if it's socially distanced gigs. I d yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I think that you can have socially distanced festivals, but no. just people have just got to be a bit more aware, haven't they? And they are. I do think people are doing the right things. So. Yeah. And last week, Chris was telling us that he was doing some handwritten lyrics for, for fans. Is that something you do? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I've been doing quite a lot, actually. It's, been, it's gone really well. And it's a lot, Mark, I think it was Mark that told me, Mark, Morris who told me about it first he said Nigel you should get doing these we're having dinner somewhere before a gig he went you should do these I do them every year and I get like you know extra money for Christmas yeah and because January and February are notoriously really quiet for music yeah. as you know we all know that yeah, no yeah. one goes to gigs in January yeah, February no money hope from next year they will do but they've got no money yeah um, but so so Mark said to me you should do this and then Chris has been doing it and then I started doing it and it's yeah it's it's really good. It's very cathartic because you're writing your own lyrics out. It hurts your arm a little bit, arthritic, erratic or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it's been real fun. And I did about eight this morning. So, you know, put your orders in again with Townsend Music and I'll get them written for you. Okay, so it's Townsend Music. If people yeah, want to those. yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm sure. That, I mean, that would make a lovely Christmas present. Are we a bit late for Christmas? What's the date? Well, you've only got 11 days yeah. to Christmas, haven't you? You so, might be pushing it. Because so I can, you know, unless you get a, an order in tonight and they tell so me it, tomorrow. If anybody wants some lyrics, if they get them in tonight, this is, now's, now's, the now's your time. Last chance saloon. Right, this is a Britpop show. What's your favourite Britpop song? Oh, okay. This, I mean, it, it depends what Britpop you mean by Britpop or anyone means by Britpop. 
I've always really loved this song. I love it for because I love the person that sings it. He's a he's a friend of mine. I've met him on many occasions, and he's always been lovely. And I adore the guitar sound of this record, and and you know just everything about it. And it's Edwin Collins, a girl like you. Well, let's play that. Yeah. The biggest hits all day long. Like You by Edwin Collins. 
Nigel, tell me a story about Evan Collins. What a tune. Oh, well, we spent, um, we, we spent a, a while going to Ross Gilder on a coach. Um, as they picked, they picked up all the bands from the airport to take them to Ross Gilder. And I ended up sitting next to 3D from Massive Attack for like one coach journey, having a great chat with him about punk rock. Um, and then the next journey I was on with Edwin Collins and we just chatted about production and music production and, and the songs and his, his songwriting partner, his producer was with him. So we had a great time with him. He's just such a lovely man, you know. And then just to tease Noel Gallagher, Noel Gallagher was walking down from the festival and Edwin saw him and went, yo, watch this. And when Noel Gallagher came into earshot and eyeshot, he, uh, Edwin went, all right, Liam. <laughs> no, I wasn't impressed. Oh, was he not? No, not really. You see, Nigel, this is just brilliant that you've, you've come to talk to us today. The fact that I can just say to you, tell me, tell me something about Edwin Collins, and you've got brilliant stories. It's just absolutely top. We at Cotswolds already should be privileged that we, we can get some top people in mm. like this. So, Nigel, thank you very much. Just a reminder, you've got hand, if people want some handwritten lyrics for Dodgy or for some of your solo stuff, they go to... Hop over to Townsend Music. Perfect. And if they wanted your solo album, which is Make Believe Love, where would they go? Hop over to Townsend Music. Wow. So if, we, <laughs> if anybody who doesn't know what to do get for Christmas... Hop over to Townsend Music. Oh, there we go. Um, and then will you do me a favour? Will you uh, send a text to Mark Morris and say that he's missing out? Because I, ne I need this set now. I need this supergroup set. You do. You need to ask all the questions to get, like, you know, you want to you find out the real reasons why Morris is at the front. Exactly, exactly. And see whether you, your, your evidence tallies up. I mean, because alphabetically, it should be me. <laughs> well, exactly. That's right. Now, um, I'm just going to just gonna play a quick jingle, and then we're going to move into a song called Grassman, which is my favourite. I'm going to talk over the top of it at the start of it but to me this is my favorite dodgy song so a quick jingle first for the love of music so this is grassman and for anybody who doesn't know grassman it's it's my favorite dodgy song so please everybody uh go and go and listen to some more dodgy go and listen to grassman it's it's available on spotify also, please go and get Nigel Clark's album, Make Believe Love. Get it on your Spotify. If you like it, buy it for Christmas. Make Believe Love. What a top lad. Thank do you, you want to know where the title comes from? Go for it. I'll do it quickly. So uh, years ago, when I first moved to London, I worked with some Dublin guys and I was doing telesales. And they said, you need to listen to this album by Lou Reed. And it was a live album. So I put it on and the first track is called Sweet Jane and it's playing and he goes into this monologue and he says, Hey, they're just like make-believe love. And he went, write that down. That's a great album title. He didn't sound like <laughs> Donald Trump. But uh, he went, he went, yeah, make, write that down. That's a great album title. Write it down because I'll forget it. And so I wrote it down. And this is like 1989 as a title. Wow. And it always stayed in my head as being an album title. So my first solo album was Make Believe Love. God bless you, Lou Reed. And there we go. Look, I mean, this guy, I think, could talk forever with stories that fascinate all of us. But unfortunately, we've run out of time. It's nearly seven o'clock. So we're going to leave you with Grassman. This one really picks up. Listen to that. Nigel, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Um, and uh, no doubt we'll all come and see you in the summer um, as a result. Thank you, guys. Thank you. See you on the flip side. Storms that try to doubt us, we won't feel the rage. Unless the world is worthless now, I see my fate. Darling, you are my heroine, the 